0: Tuesday, Tuesday. What does that bring us? Well, I'll tell you what. Standing in the shadows right now, over there behind that tree, jotting notes down as to what's happening for historical record. Here's Doctor History.
1: Good morning,
0: Zeb. How you doing this morning? Well, I tell you what. It's good to have you on the program this morning. I know you always have uh, really well thought out stories that you're going to tell us about. And what is on the menu for today?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you about uh, an amazing athlete okay. that I'm sure nobody has ever heard of. Uh, so i be surprised. Okay, it's not Michael Jordan. Not Michael Jordan, but in the same rankings as Michael Jordan. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mose Burrus. Oh, I remember good old Mose. Yeah, he used
0: to be able to throw a knuckleball and a curveball. He was a pretty good pitcher.
1: Okay, well, you're sort of close. Oh. There is a ball involved, but not throwing it with your hand. Huh. Mose Burris. He was a Choctaw Indian, and he was the stickball champion. Like I say, he was kind of like the Michael Jordan stickball among the Indians. Oh, my. So uh, that's the story today. So I'm going to kind of give a play-by-play of what happened in one particular game. Uh, between the Choctaws and the Chickasaws. Okay. Okay. So here we go. I want you to picture yourself standing on the sidelines uh, with all the cheering of the Indian women and men. A ball shoots straight towards a goal post and goes in the goal. Wild hoops and yells from the spectators. The referee goes and gets the ball and carries it to the middle ground. There's a bunch of sweating, athletic Indians uh, crowding around him, ready for action. Okay, so this is the scene one day a long time ago when two feuding teams battled, just like Burley-Minico or any other, uh, uh, you know, feuding teams do. So we have the Cole County Chickasaws were playing the Atoka County Choctaws in what might be called... Today, we'd call it the World Series of Indian stickball. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the athlete who just made this first goal was a Husky Choctaw Indian by the name of Mose Burris. And that's who I'm going to talk about. Okay. Uh, Mose Burris. Each time he stepped on the field at the beginning of a contest, he received a whole bunch of applause and yells and cheering from his fans. And just the opposite type of cheering from the other team's fans. Mm-hmm. They hated him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, uh, he was a great player, and uh, in fact, a lot of the other players they were out to get him. Oh. So, and as I go along, you understand what I mean by get him. Okay. So, so Mose uh, was uh, the only one of ten players who, at this point, he'd made a goal. He was standing out in the you know, on the field, ready and. You know, he just kind of stood there, kind of lackadaisical, just not really straining to burst into action. He just kind of stood there relaxed. But uh, all of the other athletes on the field were fully aware of this man's skill because they'd been in contests before where they'd played against him. So it wasn't new what he could do. So he was kind of like a clever boxer in one way because he just kind of stood there, just kind of easygoing, not telegraphing what his intentions were, but inside he was like a volcano ready to erupt he was ready to blow and uh it had just exploded a few minutes before when he had raced down the field and made that spectacular long throw for the very first goal Mm -hmm. so they were ahead by one point now in temperament and actions they compare uh mose this choctaw indian to jim thorpe oh my who you know, was the uh, amazing sports athlete on the football field. Absolutely. So, anyway, these two Indian athletes had a lot in common when play started. As soon as things got going, they were a ball of fire, basically. Okay, so we're standing on the sideline. We're watching ten guys on each team out there on the field. The umpire tosses the ball and jumps clear because he has to get out of the way.
0: I'll bet he does. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so most he comes alive. He knocked down... Two opponents, uh, knocked two of them aside, dropped the ball between his bats, ran, dodged, jumped, hurling over down players in a dash for a closer shot, and he gave a mighty throw and scored another goal. Uh-oh. So now it's two to nothing. Mose had made two successive goals. Well, after a goal is scored, a lot of times they call it a little timeout, and they go to the sideline, they drink a little coffee, and uh, what happens is... The Indian women want their players to get mad and and get going. So what they do is they'll get hickory switches and they'll start smacking their players on the back to get them mad.
0: Whoa, 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 stop for a minute. The women and the wives go get hickory switches and start beating their men on the back to
1: get right. them mad? Yeah. How, there was a lot of divorces back then, weren't there? <laughs> well, hopefully when, they, when the game was over, everybody was friendly.
0: I'm not getting in the TP with that woman.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, if, you'd hope you were, your ma- wife wasn't too mad at you before you went into play. Holy smokes. So they're smacking these guys to get them mad, get them angry. Before going back into play again, so so here we go. Play starts again, and Mose he streaks after the ball, but he was tripped by an opponent, kicked in the face. He's sprawling headlong in the dirt. Uh, he was up in a flash, and after the man who just kicked him, but he was too far behind. So the kicker saw player, he scored a goal, so now it's oh. two to one.
0: Okay, now wait a minute. I got a question here for you. Okay. what year was this?
1: You know, I'm not sure. I'm going to say about the 1870s, right? Okay. 1880s, maybe.
0: Did they have rules that uh, didn't
1: allow them to commit mayhem on the field? Okay, I'm going to talk about the rules. Here. Oh. <laughs> there are some rules. Uh-huh. Uh, but you'll see how liberal they are. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, timeout was called again, and the banged-up players headed for the sidelines. So Moe, he's uh, gulping down a, a little coffee and... As he's heading back out to the field, he was tackled by three pretty husky Indian women and severely lashed by two others before he could break away and get back out on the field. And those were the
0: cheerleaders. (laughs) Those were were his fans.
1: (laughs) So here he is, blood and sweat, streaming down his back as he uh, jumps back into the battle. Uh, He knocks down an opponent flat who tried to block his leap for the ball. Uh, but someone from behind lowered the boom on Mose, and down he went, and the Chickasaw made a goal without interference. So now it's two to two. Okay. On the next play, a Chickasaw captured the ball, sped towards his goal for a closer shot, and it was the same guy who had kicked Mose in the face. Uh-oh. So as his opponent drew back to make his throw, Mose hit him and knocked him cold. Uh-huh. So Mose scooped the ball from the ground, sprinted toward his own goal, and Cole County, uh, Mose, in other words, on the next play, uh, they only needed one more tally, one more goal to win. The ball was tossed, and Mose charged. Uh, an opponent grabbed his long hair, heaved him off balance, landed on top of him, pounding and clawing. Another of the opponents pounced on, and then another. So here you got three guys pouncing on Mose. And the Atoka County star was just being pummeled and beat and given the works. Well, in the meantime, his teammates headed down the field and they made a goal, and so the Atoka County Choctaws had won, and nobody had been killed, which was not always the case.
0: Now, just a minute, um, I got to revert back to reality here. For some strange reason, I thought you were talking about a National Hockey League game. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I guess yes, except not on ice and not on the uh, skate. <laughs> so you know, it's like the old saying: I want to. A, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah.
1: So, but you know, this stick ball uh, thing that was uh, among the tribes. There were differences in the way stick ball was played uh-huh. and variations in the arrangement of the playing field. Now, the types of goal posts in one might be different from those in another. So there wasn't a standard, basically.
0: So, you know, really, I don't know the rules of the game with stickball. I mean, what could you do and what can't you do?
1: Well, and I'm, let me get a little further here, and I'll tell you some of the things you can not
0: Okay, can. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we could compare this to lacrosse. Oh. I don't know anything about lacrosse. Oh. Okay, but anyway, <clears throat> different-sized balls were used, and some tribes played the game with as many players as they could get onto the field. Uh So sometimes there was a bunch of them. Oh,
0: wait a minute. They didn't have team numbers? I mean, like 5, 7, 11, or something like that? You could just bring the
1: whole doggone tribe? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So you could have a a bunch of guys out there.
0: That doesn't sound good.
1: But each player carried two hickory bats, which is different than lacrosse, which is just one. Yeah, That's about the only thing I know about lacrosse. But they would take uh, seasoned wood, was steamed, and one end of the bat bent into a loop, and then narrow strips of rawhide were laced across the loop to form just a, kind of a shallow pocket okay. in which they could catch the ball. Right. And if, I'm looking at a picture of this, and it's not very big. No. I'm going to say about five inches long and maybe three inches across. Okay. For for this pocket. Hmm. Um, but what they would do? They'd carry the two uh, the two bats. And they would try to catch the ball, and this was usually done by slamming the bats together to trap the ball between the two pockets. Mm-hmm. Now, in most Burris' area, the goal posts were about 15 feet high and about 100 yards apart, so sort of like a football field. Yeah. And the ball, a little larger than a golf ball, was made of leather and soaked in water until it was hard as a rock, just solid. <whistles> uh, and when it was put into play, anything could and often did happen now you talk about penalties about the only penalty assessed was for slamming a knee into a downed opponent's stomach or trying to cave in his ribs now for doing this the offending indians team had to forfeit four points
2: uh-huh.
1: that was so it got really rough you had to, and there were referees so it was legal to trip shove slug wrestle pull hair knock an opponent down or try to brain him with a bat See, you're still
0: talking. You still aren't talking about the old stick game. You're talking about the hockey league. Now, get with the other stuff.
1: Now, this braining with a bat, that was kind of frowned on. Uh, <laughs> but as a rule, the referees weren't concerned over it as long as the attempted braining wasn't done after the victim was already unconscious. How big are
0: these sticks, by the way, when you talk about braining somebody with a stick? I mean, is this like a log, or what is it?
1: No, they're quite thin. I'm going to am going to say uh, not as... Thick around as a baseball bat, but uh, a little, but thicker than a probably two or three times thicker than a say a golf club. Oh, okay. Yeah, you so. can do a lot of damage with a nine iron. Yeah, you could. So, <laughs> so like say it wasn't. It was frowned upon to hit, you know, to brain somebody if they were already unconscious on the ground. Yeah,
0: you got to keep it fair.
1: Yeah, I mean you know you got to have some rules. And now the question sometimes comes up: Did Indian women play ball? Well. <laughs> Some tribes they were not allowed to, like the Choctaw and the Chickasaws. They didn't allow their women to play, but the Creek Indians did. And mm. uh, uh, but they weren't nearly as rough. And sometimes they wrestled sometimes they pulled hair and stuff. And occasionally, occasionally, men and women played stick ball together. Mm. So, but again, it wasn't you know real rough like it was with just the men.
0: And, I'm, I'm, and, this is at one point of the story where I'm not going to make any comments.
1: Okay, <laughs> some of the men they wore bright red and yellow turbans. And others had feather-decked, broad-brimmed hats that they wore while they were playing. So, But everybody seems to agree that one thing was strictly taboo in a stickball game. The player's hands could not touch the ball. Really? Okay. When the ball got away and rolled to the ground, the contestants tried to scoop it up with the bats. And so your hands are down there. And so there was often bloody results of getting your hands down next to the ball. (laughs) Yeah. The object in stickball contest, besides finding out how much punishment someone could take, was to see which side could first gain, of course, a certain number of points. And so, now the number varied. Usually, the number was determined by previous games or uh, brawls, if you want to call them that, between well-matched teams. So, if there had been a lot of devastating punishment inflicted before in a previous game, the goal was, set usually low, like maybe four or six or eight. Really? Because the higher the goal, the more chance there were that people were going to get seriously hurt. I think the safest
0: job in these old-time Indian sports was being a scorekeeper.
1: <laughs> I think so. Sit up on a ladder yeah. and you know put the numbers up there on the scoreboard. Yeah. And even then, I, I don't know if that was totally safe. Yeah,
0: old Geronimo sitting up on top of his teepee. There's going to be a hard press to get him.
1: <laughs> That's right. So, anyway, Stigball gave the Indians a chance to unleash their agility, their endurance against friendly enemies, if you want to call them that. <laughs> uh, maybe it was a warm-up for real battles that maybe occurred later.
0: Holy but, smokes. A little
1: bit about Moe's Burris. i, I got to tell you a little bit about him. Like I say, he was a great athlete. But uh, when he was about 25, he was sworn in as a deputy sheriff. Mm-hmm. And one time, Moses and some other lawmen went after some uh, Creek Indians who were raiding members of other tribes, as well as their fellow Creeks, and uh, they were stealing horses. And some of the stolen animals were driven to the Texas border, others to the Kansas border where uh, they were bought by white men. And the ringleaders of these uh, of this little group were two Indians, one by the name of Greenleaf and the other by the name of Black Tiger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this mounted posse, which was traveling with a chuck wagon, had stopped in the thicket to make camp. They were after these these renegade Indians. Now, as a rule, when hunted men go into instant action, uh, they go into action as soon as they feel like there's danger.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, one of the lawmen glanced up just as the outlaws rode out of some timber and spotted the chuck wagon, and he, they jerked their rifles up and started yelling and firing and shooting, and people were dodging and getting behind bushes. Well, during this hide-and-seek battle which followed, one lawman, lawman was shot in the heel, and he immediately quit fighting. Well, yeah. <laughs> So I mean he couldn't he couldn't walk. But no. The others carried on, and two of the outlaws were killed. Uh, the remaining three, they took off on their horses, and but they were pursued. And anyway, the two leaders, Black Tiger and Greenleaf, were captured, uh, and they brought him back to the wagon and handcuffed them. And anyway, the wounded officer with the wound in his heel, he kind of got some razzing because you know typically they don't quit fighting until they're either dead or running out of ammunition.
0: Absolutely. What a coward that guy yeah, was. Yeah, I mean,
1: he just got shot in the heel for heaven's sake. Yeah, now what
0: about Mose? Was he the hero?
1: Okay, well, let me keep going here. Okay. Uh, you know, like, say, uh, there's one... Sometimes lawmen are kind of pictured as being heartless, gunslingers. Mm. Yeah, why are... In some cases, that has probably been so. But, sure. But uh, one incident in the career of Moe's uh, kind of gives us some insight into his uh, attitude, his decency... Uh, and probably there's a lot of them that were like this but at one point Moses was handed a warrant to bring in a man who had imbibed a little too much of the, uh, of, the of the drink imagine that the peace. oh my so he, there was a warrant for his arrest so the fellow lived on the side of a mountain well Moses was asked if he wanted somebody to go with him and he said no he says, I'm okay he said that man doesn't want to hurt me all I'm going to do is bring him in well, Mose walked up to the wanted man's door, and the man called and he said, come on in. Well, Mose stepped inside the cabin. And Mose uh, explained that he had come to take him to town on a charge of disturbing the peace. And Mose said, you know, I kind of felt sorry for him. Uh, he told me to wait until he got his coat and told his wife where he was going. And he says, I watched him real close. And he says, he went into another room, and he said something to his wife, and he came out and said, well, she says, I guess I'm ready as I'll ever be. I wonder if you'd do me a favor, though. So the man asked Mose, he said, uh, uh, he told me his wife was due to have a baby any day, and he he hated to go away and leave her alone. Mm-hmm. So he said, if I would get the judge to let him come back and stay with his wife until after the baby was born, and she was able to take care of it, that he would promise to come back on his own.
0: Absolutely.
1: So Moe said, I agreed to do what I could. So he said, we went into town, and I explained things to the judge. Well, the judge wanted to know what the fellow could put up for bond, and he didn't have anything. And she says, I told the judge if he would let him go back and he failed to show up, as he said, I would go bring him in. Well, the judge decided to give it a try. and The man was released and later came back in on his own, just mm-hmm. like he promised. Mm-hmm. So Mose was, uh, he also worked as a cowboy. And uh, like I say, he was quite an athlete. And uh, he must have been a pretty good hand with a rope because it says that he was ex- exceptionally good at roping goats. Really? Now, Zeb, you're a roper, I know. Yeah,
0: they call us goat ropers all the time.
1: I know. But, you know, according to this, to rope a goat is harder than roping a cow.
0: Oh, by far, I think.
1: Because they're, they're so speedy and oh. jumping around. And, but uh, old Moe, he was he could rope about anything, yeah. including goats. <clears throat> never tried a pig? <laughs> I've never done that, no. Okay. <laughs> But uh, he was also a pretty good shot with a gun. One time there were some fellows that uh, uh, heard about his shooting skill, and they came to his place and uh, to see if this was true. And one young man picked up a big old tin can and put it on the ground a few yards away uh, where the old lawman stood holding his uh, forty-five Colt. And he said, uh, Mr. Burrow, see if you can hit that can. Well, Moe's answered. He said, well, he says, why don't you toss it up in the air? Well, when he did, there were three quick shots exploded, and the young fellow hurried over to the can, picked it up, and looked. And sure enough, uh, there were three holes in it.
0: Holy cow. You know, a lot of that stuff we always think is just Hollywood, but I yeah. guess there really were some guys that could handle those big old Colt forty fives back in the old days.
1: Yeah. Well, not only that, but there was another occasion where uh, some people came to visit him, and they had a twenty two automatic rifle. Well, they found a board that had a hole in it, about an inch and a half round, and so they put a piece of paper on the opposite side, so all you saw was the white uh, of the hole. Well, Moe's put the rifle, and he emptied it, just boom, 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 boom. They went over to the board, and sure enough, every shot had gone right through that inch-and-a-half hole. Wow. <laughs> so, Man. But, uh, like I say, he was he was pretty good. Uh, the guy that's writing the story tells that uh, uh, he asked if Moe still had that forty-five Colt, and he did, and so uh, he asked if he could shoot it. And so they were outside, and uh, the author says that he lifted up that forty-five and he raised it above his shoulder and lowered it to line up on a fence post. And at this point, uh, Mo said, uh, "Said I guess you're not too good of a shot, are you?"
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, he says, he says, "Well, no, I'm I'm not a very good shot." He says, "When you lifted that gun up and then dropped it down on your target, he said I could tell that you're going to overshoot." You shoot too high. Uh-huh. And he said, do it this way. Okay, so most if you can picture this, he's... And now, the, by this time, he's an old man.
2: hmm Okay?
1: And I know we're running out of time, so i got to hurry. But basically, uh, he remained seated, moved the pistol to his right thigh, held it in place with his left hand, and dropped his right arm down, hanging low, pulled it up real quick, flash, uh, quick as a flash, like a fast-draw artist, and uh, showed the guy... Uh, that's how you shoot. When you're bringing it up, it's like you point your finger, and then as you come up, that's when you pull the trigger. Really? You don't bring it down like you see, uh, uh, you know, above your head. Yeah. Like you see. Oh, yeah. like the old uh, hoot Gibson type things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, again, I know we're about out of time, so let me just finish on uh, Mister and Mrs. Burris, his yeah. wife. Yeah. Real fast, There's I got a minute left. Thirteen children. Oh my. Eight of whom are living, and this was back in
2: 1964,
1: though. Uh, Mose helped raise two children of Mrs. Burris's by a previous marriage. Mose was 66 when his first child was born, Mm -hmm. 85 when Mary Frances, the youngest, was born, and this was in 1953. So he was past 98 at this point.
0: If you think I'm going to make a comment, you're dead wrong.
1: (laughs) That's the story of <laughs> Mose Burris. I want to get Dr. back. Indian.
0: I want to get back real quick to the Buckskin Beauties that were the cheerleaders.
1: Man, alive!
0: I mean, they weren't exactly the Dallas Cowgirl cheerleaders, were they?
1: No, but they got their they got the attention of the of their uh, their Indian. Uh, team
0: i guess they did that was a good story about Mose burris i'd like to read more about that one listen i appreciate you being on the program you do a great job every week dr history better known as dr ken turner chiropractor in burley thank you so much and uh real quick how's your idea coming along
1: uh dr john yesterday we're moving ahead
0: all right that's better well, than backwards looking good okay thanks much Okay, you have a good day. Zach. God bless. Take care. Bye. The story of Mose Burris. That was interesting. I like that one.